Hi, my name is Panta Kalhor and you're listening to Transition by Panta Kalhor Podcast. I created this platform to help you grow and move forward easier through your transition, whether in parenthood, job transition, healing journey, or starting a brand new life. Episode 65, PTSD Self-Healing Show. How to Overcome PTSD Military Sexual Trauma with Marquita Harris, Inspirational Leader, Author, and Certified Quantum Flow Practitioner. Please subscribe to Panta Calhoun Transition Channel and order my book, Rules of Change for the Better. Tune up your mood and transform your life to reach your biggest dreams. Episode 13 of PTSD Self-Healing Show. Hello, everyone. I'm very excited to be here again with another great episode of PTSD. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. And uh, Marquita Harris is yes. our guest today. <laughs> and uh, you'll see another aspect of PTSD and how she recovered from it. And some something that many people never talk about it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Welcome to my show, Marquita. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Grateful. Thank you for being here. For being here. All right. uh, Tell me about your story. What is? I can see your topic. I just want to show to everybody, see your topic, how to overcome PTSD, MST, which is military sexual trauma. Right. You've done a great job. I know right now you are doing so much in your field and helping a lot of people as well. So what happened to you? What is your story? Well, thank you so much for asking. Thank you for having me on. Uh Pretty much, um, it it all boils down to going after opportunities, and with those opportunities, um, life took over. I had an idea, I had a dream. I wanted to escape from a neighborhood that I was in. It, it was a lot that was going on there, and I really wanted to make something of myself. And in order to do that, I had to make some choices that were going to allow me to do so. So at that time, military was the best thing for me. I had initially wanted to go into the Air Force. I had scored high enough on uh, my testing that they wanted me. But at that time, I had a a one-year-old son. And the requirement for the Air Force at that time was that I needed to have adoption in place. That wasn't going to happen. It was going to take too long. So as I was leaving out of the recruiter's office for the Air Force, the Army was standing there with ready and waiting arms to snatch me up. And whatever issue I had, they were like, oh, we have a solution for that. We have a solution for that. We have a solution for that. So needless to say, I signed up. I had a a high profile position. I was in telecommunications. I had a top security clearance. And my first duty station was overseas. I'm 19 years old, all the way over in another country. I was stationed in Panama. Everything was great, going well. And I was looking at, even though it was different, you know, it took a minute to kind of get used to, but I said, you know, I I can do this. I really can do this. And I want to do this for the rest of my life. 
Uh, but unfortunately, again, you know, life inserted itself and had a different path. And um, at that time, what was not be known to me was issues that some of, as they call us, the younger privates were dealing with, especially when you're so far from home and, and you're in another country, it, it kind of comes off as easy prey. But when you are, as they considered us to be E-nothings because we, had any, we didn't have any rank, E-1s, E-2s, and E-3s, um, most of the time you find that they're very young. They're either coming out of teenagehood and going into young adulthood, don't really know a lot. So when you have somebody that is in a position of power, they teach you from basic training to really respect and to revere these positions. And so therefore, if you even thought about trying to be insubordinate, that's not something that was that was tolerated. And they knew that. So you have those that are in position and power use their power to their advantage. And uh, so that's that's what happened. It, it it happened not once but twice. All right. <clears throat> so, how many years you stayed there, and uh, why you t- you thought that you are traumatized? Um, great question. Thank you for asking. It's one of those uh, where they teach you, the military teaches you how to be very resilient. I think the army, no, I know the army and the Marines are the most physical and there's a lot that you have to endure. And they teach you this from again, basic training on up to your schooling. It's all about the physical agility and it's all about having to think fast and being able to adapt to any situation that you're in. And when that's ingrained in you, all you know is, okay, this happened. There's not much that I can do about it, or I have to figure out a way to do it, do something about it. And I still have to continue on with my job. And that is what happened to me. I'm from a neighborhood where you have to adapt to the circumstances or the or your surroundings in order to be able to just to pretty much make it through. And I was already used to seeing different things happening, having to take that, having to suck it up and having to keep on going. So when this happened, the way and how it happened, it wasn't your typical way. There wasn't a physical attack like how you see on TV. It, it wasn't like that. It was words. And when those words make you freeze in fear, by the time it's over, you're literally thinking, okay, what just happened? And trying to figure out what am I supposed to do from this point? And to answer your question, I was in, I went in in 93 and my uh, first um, contract was not due to be over for four years. However, it was cut short in 95 because of the situation that had happened the second time. And this time it, it was a little bit more forceful and it caused me to have to make a decision where I can't stay here. Oh, that's great to have a voice and to do whatever your heart's saying to do. That's because right. as soon as you start a job, so, oh, that's that's the one I really wanted. Right. And then sometimes you feel that the pressure is too much, you cannot handle it, mm-hmm. and it's better you have, even if it's difficult to start a new one, but it's really worth it. Because I've done for myself, I've done so many job transition. <laughs> this is not end of the world. And then you've been so young when yeah. you've been only 21 year old. So what did you do after that? 
So afterwards, uh, pretty much was kind of lost because I had my path was laid out. I am one of those that I always have a plan A, B, C, and D in place. It's called survival of the fittest. And that is what, that's how I survived. I always had to have something in place. And when those options were snatched from me, I was walking around clueless. Like, I don't know what to do. I, I I'd had planned on so many years doing this particular thing and, and all of the countries that I was going to visit and all of the opportunities that was going to be afforded to my son, all of that completely vanished into thin air. And so here I am walking around with this question mark, not only of what to do, but not understanding that there was something that was underlying that was happening to me physically, as well as mentally and emotionally, that at that time did not have a name. There was no name, there was no recognition, and it was, it was a matter of, I see it, I see something is going on, something is not right. However, I don't know what it is. And so it took many years until I was able to come up with the diagnosis of PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, because of the trauma and the way in how it happened and everything that happened afterwards, it kind of compounded. Yeah, interesting. That That's exactly what happened to me. Like PTSD, you don't know mm -hmm. you have it. That's right. You may even hide it from others. Yes, you do. And you, you're going to, oh, I'm, I can do this. I yes. can recover from it. Right. But deep down, there is something there that should be processed. Absolutely. PTSD is kind of uh, hidden in you. It's it not going to show up every time, every nope. day. But there are some triggers that mm -hmm. you confront. And as soon as those triggers come, you don't know what to do with them. Oh, my gosh. Again, Talk about same it. Thing happens. And then, again, you repeat the same cycle. Right. Other, unless you sit there, think with yourself, with yourself and see what, what I'm going to do. Should That's I right. reframe my brain? Should I talk to a consultant? In very mm -hmm. severe case, you may need to see someone to help you. Absolutely. Right? Actually, it's better to find someone to help you, even if <laughs> even if you think that you can do it, because it right. takes it takes more time it to does. recover. It so, does. did you get help? I did, uh, but it took me some time to do it, and I will tell you why. So, um, as a veteran, most places have what's called the VA center, the Veteran Affairs centers, where you can go to get some type of medical treatment. Uh, whether it's for medical, whether it's for psychological, whatever it is, because as a soldier, there are a lot of things that we are exposed to that just because we appear normal on the outside does not mean that we don't have things going on the inside. And there was a lot that I had seen outside of it. I was, I was in combat. I was involved in combat. So, you know, there were some things that had stemmed from that that I had to keep to myself because it's not something that you can just talk about to civilians. And so again, pushing that in the back of your mind to not have to deal with it because you already have life as it is. So eventually I actually self-diagnosed myself. I was taking a psychology class. I was going for my bachelor's degree in business administration and management. And part of my um, rigor was to take this class in psychology and that is how I figured out exactly what it was. So in between that time, I'm going to this VA center and they were not forthcoming with giving me the assistance that I needed 
because I had ended my contract earlier than the proposed time. And so even though I had an honorable discharge, that was not even the case. The issue is that in their system, it looked as if I didn't complete and they didn't receive the information that they needed. So therefore they didn't extend the help to me. I'm like, I need help. I don't know what I need. I just know that I need help. And they would turn me away. They were turning me away. So it is by the grace of God that I was able to hold on for years afterwards, knowing that there was something that was going on and just continue to seek for the truth. And when I finally came across it, that is the day, Pontia, that everything turned around for me. That is the day. Mm -hmm. So what happened that day? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for asking. Okay. So me being a resilient persistent, determined person that I am, I literally was advocating for myself from the moment that I got out, which was in 96, 97, up until 2013. I had sent in claim after claim. I had sent in uh, different briefings talking about, you know, just trying to bring awareness to things that was going on. And it kept being denied. It was being overlooked. Nothing was being done about it. So there was this one office, because I am a researcher to my heart, like my friends call me Encyclopedia Brown because I can find out almost anything. (laughs) And I had found this office that was helping veterans to submit claims and to answer any questions that they had. So they were used to my face. They were so used to my face. So I remember uh, standing in line to submit yet another packet. I had just received this packet denial in the mail. At this time, email was not really a common thing. Um, they wanted you to send in papers because they wanted to have original signatures, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. And I was standing in line and I just was silently praying, saying, Lord, I am so tired of this. All I want is for them to do me right and to treat me right. Like just make good on your wrong. And I was looking to the left as I was standing in line, there were people in front of me And it was almost as if this poster illuminated on the wall. It was like not even a foot away from me. And the poster was very big. It wasn't your typical eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. It was a huge poster that said, if you or anyone that you know dealt with, and it had MST, and of course it spelled it out, the acronym military sexual trauma, does not matter how many years ago it happened, We want to hear from you and we want to help you. I promise you it sounded like the angels started singing at that time. I could not believe it. So when I saw this, I was staring in disbelief. My mouth was wide open and I said, let me feel this to see if I'm making this up. Like I I didn't even know there was, there's a title, you know, the military is huge for acronyms. When I saw it, I said, oh my God. So finally it was my time to come up. So this packet that I had, I mean, I wrote a dissertation. I was letting them have it as to why you need to help me and how you're going to help me. And I'm not letting go until you do. I said, before I give you this, this poster right here, I said, is this for men and for women? And it says, there's no time. There's not a statute of limitation of the time. And she said, no. And I said, okay, what do I need to do in order to go for this? Because it was offering therapy and it had a support groups and it was talking about compensation and all of these different things just wrapped on this poster. And I said, so what do I need to do? She said, just write a small paragraph about what happened about the time frame and submit it. I said, so when you say paragraph, you mean like five or six sentences? Cause I'm looking at my thick packet <laughs> of, of every word that I could think of in the dictionary 
And she said, just do this one paragraph. Pontia, I gave her that one paragraph and I'll never forget the date. As a matter of fact, that date is time stamped in my mind. It was September 29th of 2013 is when my life literally shifted and it turned completely around. I'll never forget it. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. You see, that's, <clears throat> that's a great inspiration yeah. because people really afraid to get help. Yes. And I think PTSD, especially MSD, mm -hmm. is one of those things need lots of help. Absolutely. And uh, we are not perfect. No. We all human, but mm -hmm. everybody needs support in some points of the life. That's right. Yes. And so you 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 got help. And what happened next? <laughs> so afterwards, um, I wanted to make sure that I was good first, because although I knew of other people that had dealt with it, that I was coming across, that I was either I used to be stationed with or um, that we would share same similar stories wherever in passing. I said, but until I, can, I can't be an inspiration or help anyone else until I help myself. So I just allowed what I needed. And I went for everything. I went for the support groups. I made sure that I was on time for my appointments. I didn't miss any of my appointments. I allowed myself to go back through what happened because it, it had become, um, I guess, kind of lost. I had pushed it out. I blocked it out and it was starting to affect my memory. And it was a starting to affect my way of life and everything that, that, involved me, it was affecting that. And I was tired of that happening. And I said, the only person that can make this change is me. And so I began to, I guess, deflower in a way where I was becoming new again. I was starting to feel again. I was beginning to see that there was a future. I it wasn't gloomy. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't down. I was able to be the mother to my children. I was able to be a friend to uh, those that kept reaching out to me, but I kept pushing them away because they didn't understand what I was going through. And I felt like I was the party pooper and I don't want you to experience what I'm going through. So let me stay away. I alienated myself. And so I began to start coming back around again and starting to do things that really honestly brought me joy and made me smile. And upon doing that, I began to become who I already was, but she was tucked away. It was almost like I kind of stuffed her in a closet and said, you stay in here until I give you permission to come out. Yes, I love it. You know, it's very strong, very, it's like a leader, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have no choice. You are the one to be able to heal yourself. Nobody yes. can heal you if you don't want to. That's right. This is the problem people have. They just go to medication or try to do like fast track healing. That is not yeah. going to happen because right. something is rooted in you yes. and should be healed within. And you mm -hmm. have to help yourself and really wish to be healed. Mm -hmm. support group I really believe in it because yeah. connecting to other people with the same situation really helps you mm -hmm. because they have the same uh, habits of triggering with the uh, yeah. problems mm -hmm. and then uh, when you see that they are progressing you get inspired right yes you do <laughs> so you can help each other that's that's, that's right. great yeah, yeah. 
So what are you doing right now? Like I see your title, author, <laughs> leadership mentor, inspirational speaker. It's great. Yes. Yeah. What are you doing exactly? So uh, right now I am working on uh, building my business in transportation. Um, I am into transportation and logistics. I recently relocated to Houston, uh, one of the major cities in the United States, especially huge in transportation and construction and just all things that deal with that world. And I decided to take a chance on myself. I wanted to give myself a fresh start. And that is what I chose to do. So as you're talking about making those choices, I, I made the choice. Nobody else made that for me. I said, if I don't do this, it's never going to get done. And upon arriving here, um, I had this book in my system for a while, and I was afraid to talk about it. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. Um, every time that I thought about it, I it, it, it kind of became like a nightmare, even though I knew that it was real. And I felt like I didn't want anybody to know. I felt like people were going to judge me or call me names based upon this situation that I, I had no control over it. I had no control. And so, but I felt the urge to share. And I would come across people every now and again, mostly women, and I would share my testimony with them in which, you know, most of the time they ended up crying and saying, thank you so much. And I inspired them. You have to talk to somebody. It's not your fault. You had no control. It's only but so, yeah, they teach us combat moves, but you can only use so much when you're dealing with somebody that's about 10 times stronger than you. I mean, you know, how, how, do, you how do you, exactly, how do you deal with that? Yeah. And so I decided, oh, I'm going to fight back. I've always been a fighter. I'm going to fight back. How am I going to fight back? I don't have to do it physically. I'm going to inspire others. I am going to share my testimony with others. I am going to spread awareness and I am going to let people know this is how you do it. This is what you do. This is where you go. And this is what you can expect. That's my way of fighting back. And to finish it off, I am going to put this thing in a book. I'm going to walk in my truth. And I'm going to let the world know, whoever wants to read it, this is what it is. No, America is not perfect. And no, our armed forces is not. And yes, we have the great defense, but we're so great with defending our country against our enemies. But how do you defend yourself against the enemy from within? Beautiful. I'll show you how. You fight back. That's just it. <laughs> fight like a girl. <laughs> fight back and don't stand... Uh somebody else dominate on that's you it. that's it and force whatever they say yeah on you you that's don't right. need to stay there and you don't need to afraid of starting something new that's it that's it i mean life i started over so many times oh gosh me too yeah. <laughs> you're not by yourself yeah. that's the problem with some people that they they think that mm -hmm. that's that's going to be the end of the world if yeah one point of life they have mm -hmm. to move on. Right. Trauma is not only for military. It's going to yeah. be for oh women get divorced, separated. Mm -hmm. You have to move on in your life, especially when it. you have kids. Yes. You have to protect somebody else mm -hmm. who is more vulnerable right. and need, need your support. Absolutely. So, uh, how many kids do you have right now? <laughs> Are you ready? 
<laughs> so I have six children. Ooh, good. Yes. My oldest is 28, and I have a 24-year-old. I wow. have a 22-year-old, and then I have a 17, and I have 11, and then I have 10, and I'm done. <laughs> You look very young. Thank you. You have twenty-year-old baby. (laughs) Yeah. And they should thought of you to have such a mom, like a fighter, Mm -hmm. somebody who um, talk and have a voice and want to share her story with others to inspire them and help others. You know that that's the point. Like when you are in some position that you can help others with Mm -hmm. those days that you've been there and you've gone through it. Like that's why I I am certified PTSD because PTSD coach, because I wanted to help. That's it. People can use these shortcuts, Mm -hmm. go to go and use the support group. As you say, they they are really helpful. Find the one which Mm -hmm. really fits for you. And then uh, have somebody to take care of you. You don't need to be isolated. Isolation is the worst thing in PTSD, isn't it? Because you go deep and deeper in depression. You do a lot of overthinking. And then sometimes you're going to suicide. Oh my and gosh. That's the worst part of it. That's the worst. So yeah. that's why you have to connect. You have to mm-hmm. connect with those who are struggling, mm-hmm. but who already struggled and no overcame. That's because right. that's that give you a lot of courage and bravery. Mm-hmm. Just move on. Yes. And life is beautiful, isn't it? It is. Life it is really so is. beautiful. After passing those traumas, you can see that life can show you much better ways like having (laughs) more children or (laughs) enjoying time spending time with them you know lots of things can happen to you Mm -hmm. yeah what what is your recommendation for somebody who who is just diagnosed with mst i mean or self-diagnosed right right self or or someone has so i say the first thing that I would want them to know, one, you're not by yourself. Two, it's not your fault. I think the moment that they receive that, if they can believe that, because we often think, what did I do to make this happen to me? It must have been something that I did. You know, you you if you have a certain look about you as a woman, you kind of feel like, I can't help that I look this way. Did this cause this to happen? Or, I mean, you don't have to be, you know, a beautiful woman for something like that to happen to you, but you, you have to find some type of justification because it helps to give you an answer. When you're walking around without answers, you have to start formulating an answer. And so when you, again, like you said, you're overthinking, trying to figure out why did this happen? You spend so much time on the why, that you don't start thinking about what do I need to do to fix this? So that's the first step, accepting the fact that it happened, receive it, now think about what are you gonna do about it? Then the next thing is I need to find help. We live in a world of modern technology. There's nothing that you cannot Google and you will not be able to find it. You have to find and seek help. 
Don't be afraid of looking for the help. And you may have to keep it to yourself. Unfortunately, we do live in a society where it's not just amongst the black culture, but a lot of people do not want to discuss getting mental help. And, and as I was stating with you earlier, um, everybody has experienced some type of trauma in life. Whether, like you said, a divorce, or what if we saw a really bad, horrific car accident and you can't get those images out of your mind? or you experience some type of violence that either happened to you or you witnessed it. It can come in any form. It's not just because you hear PTSD, it's not a military term. It is a, a human term. And so because of that, those, those images or, or, or the replays of things that keeps looping in your mind, you need to get it out. You need to talk to someone and you can't always talk to everyone. So if you find that group, the one that you fit in, it may take one or two. It's all about how do you feel? What is the vibe that you receive when you step in? Did they welcome you? Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel like you have diarrhea of the mouth that you can just tell them everything that happened to you from the age of five on up to then? Or do you feel like, mm, I don't think this is working for me. I'm not going to do it. Whatever it is, it's your show. You are in total control. Take control of your life, take it back by fighting for it. And once you find that group that you can um, connect with, be present, be there, advocate yeah. for yourself, do whatever you have to do, because at that point, that's when it becomes survival of the fittest. You got to get it for yourself because nobody can force you. Nobody is going to make you, you have to want it. And when you want it and you make up your mind, run after everything like crazy. Beautiful. You know, such a strong talk. And you can see in any point of life, you need to reclaim your own life. This it. is your life. You need to rebuild it. And by the time you are taking a breath, <laughs> you can rebuild it again. Absolutely. And, and, you just have some positive mind. You want to uh, connect to your God or who, whatever you really believe. Mm -hmm. And it really helps. You see, intuition helps mm -hmm. you to find the support group yeah. and where you go. Mm -hmm. And you just have to see to, to yourself and think that, am I going to be in this situation or... Right. I want to be leader. I yeah. want to be a mentor. I want yeah. to rebuild my life. That's right. what happened to you. Uh -huh. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know what to say. I really <laughs> love your talk. And I, I think you really need to write your book. <laughs> it's almost done. Yeah. It's going to be and, done by the end of February. Yeah. I've been, I've been kind of, sometimes though, Pontia, it's like when you think that you're over a moment, and you have to revisit. I've, I've been in this past month and a half, I was going through another part of a healing process, so to speak, in which I had to allow myself to feel. And I had to allow all of what was compacted to just come to the surface. I had to surrender to it. And ever since I did that, it has been helping me the real me. Remember the one that I told you about a few minutes yeah. ago? I put her in the closet. Oh, <laughs> she's like, okay, I'm here. I'm out now. I need this other one in front. That is, that's not the real you. Okay. She just needs to go. I am lioness. Hear me roar. So 
here's where we are. And I'm just letting her do what she has to do. She's taking the lead. <laughs> yeah, she, she's taking the lead. Actually, uh, journaling, yes. Journaling helps you to process your PTSD. It does. Uh -huh. I use it. Every day I write. Yep. And since I was like um child, eight-year-old, I wow. have I I have some notebooks and I always write. Wow. Because it helps you to go deeply in yourself, analyze everything. Mm -hmm. And you cannot talk deeply with others what's no, happening. You can't. No. Especially when you uh, you are facing with trauma or mm -hmm. you are having some issues in your life. Believe mm -hmm. me, if there is someone else in your notebook <laughs> listening <laughs> to what you're saying. And then you will have your solution inside. Right. Mm -hmm. You will hear it um, in your heart. Yeah. So, so beautiful. You know, I love it. And this kind of vision that you have i'm 100 sure you're gonna have much 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 brighter future in wow. front of you thank you so much thank you so much for being here <laughs> awesome i'm so happy thank you yeah thank you so much okay